Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm host, Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 56, and we are having Coach Dave Senecal. Dave Senecal has been a physical education specialist in Paulding County since 1997. He earned his bachelor's degree in physical education from Kennesaw State University and earned his master's degree in physical education curriculum and instruction from Western Kentucky University. He opened Nebo Elementary School, where he built a well-respected program and earned Teacher of the Year in 2012. He pursued an opportunity to open PB Rich Middle School, in Paulding County in 2012 and has built an award-winning program there. Dave was recently voted Teacher of the Year for PB Rich Middle School. He has served as a volunteer elementary physical education professional development coordinator for his district. In 2008, Dave was selected to be on a team of 16 physical education specialists to write the current Georgia physical education standards. Dave is currently serving on the Paulding County Wellness Committee to revise and rewrite the county wellness plan. Dave has served as Recreation Chair and Vice President of General Division for the Georgia Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. Dave received the 2010 Gaperd Recreation Specialist of the Year Award, and he was recently named Gaperd Middle School Physical Education Teacher of the Year and Shape America Southern District Middle School Physical Education Teacher of the Year. He has served on the Southern Off-Road Bicycle Association Executive Board and served as president of the nonprofit Mountain Bike Club in Paulding County for six years. Dave has been instrumental in the design and installation of the 20 plus miles of recreational trails in and around Paulding County. Dave has been able to secure multiple grants that have led to classroom sets of equipment that allowed many middle school students to experience activities that they would otherwise never have had the opportunity to experience in their community, such as rugby, disc golf, longboarding, circus arts, and mountain biking. Dave has presented at several local district and state workshops. Dave and his wife also own a dance school that teaches over 300 students on a weekly basis. In his spare time, Dave enjoys the following in no particular order. Road cycling, mountain biking, bicycle repair, and maintenance, trail running, and venture racing. Wilderness survival, nutrition, human performance, outdoor cooking, hiking, back backpacking, camping, trout fishing, team building, problem solving, trail design and construction, orienteering, GPS mapping, canoeing, and inventing. This guy is unbelievable. This guy is probably probably considered one of the top middle school PE teachers in the country. We're very lucky to have him here in this state. I've been very lucky to um, go to his uh, presentations just recently about two months ago and this guy is unbelievable you're gonna really enjoy this interview with dave senecal coach senecal welcome to our podcast hello hi dave hey can you hear me yes yes i can hear you just fine Great, great. Man, I got two legends in a row, man. Dave Cynical and J.D. Hughes, man. This is special. Oh, my gosh. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'm so excited to have you on. Man, I, I try to get I, – I do get a lot of basketball coaches on because I'm a basketball coach, but 
man, just I get some great PE teachers on here, man. I, I just I just want to tell you, I'm so excited to kind of hear your hear your wisdom and kind of share some some things that can really help us out. Yeah. So I'm, thank you for coming. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, um, hey, first of all, you know, welcome to our podcast. And and I always try to get you are one of the top PE professionals in our profession. And, and I really want to talk about how what is your secret sauce to teaching middle school? And we'll get into that. But, hey, what led you to really not only teach in the middle school area, but what led you into the PE teaching? What is your journey? Well, I, uh, I had an unbelievable middle school PE teacher uh, by the name of Ralph Arnold uh, at Pine Mountain Middle School. And um, not only did we have intramurals, but um, the relationships that he created with the students, um, you know, we had a project adventure, and, uh, just a, a, a crazy array of, of uh, activities that we all could do. I mean, we had combatives, we had you know, invasion games, net games. Um, and, and it wasn't just a roll the ball out, you know, choose whatever you want to do today. It really was a, a unit-based um, uh, PE program. And, you know, he really kind of led me into that whole physical education idea. Um, I went to college to be a high school soccer coach. Uh, but once I got into the college level and started, you know, exploring the elementary, middle, and high school uh, students, I, I fell in love with elementary school at that point in time. Uh, I taught elementary school for 15 years. I opened a school fresh out of college. Um, unbelievable situation. I had nine offers fresh out of college, and I was able to open a brand new school. So I got to build my own program uh, fresh out of college, which was which was exciting um, and hard work. Uh, and then about 10 years later, I, I started uh, really kind of getting burnt out and uh, looking for some other opportunities. And uh, in 2012, uh, they were opening a new school in my area, and, and I just asked for an interview. I said, just give me a chance. Um, and it's just been a, it's been a blessing. Um, I feel like middle school is, is really where I was meant to be. Um, the students are just, you know, there, there's some hard situations, but uh, 90 kindergartners at one time is also a hard situation. So <laughs> I kind of exactly. – <laughs> I kind of weighed my options there a little bit and, uh, well, you know, was able to, to make the move to the middle school level. And uh, just the, the things that I'm able to do with the middle schoolers um, uh, beyond the elementary uh, working on. I love working on skills, but being able to take it to the next level with tactics and and the game, the game situation and strategies, um, you know, their eyes just open up when they are able, you know, even the non-athletes are able to make that pass. Uh, and, and open the game up and you know they just they just love it and I love it too um, so I kind of that's kind of my journey and uh, this is my 22nd year and I'm still still loving it we've been longboarding all day and one group's been disc golfing all day so it's it's been amazing and I know that because I see your uh, your tweets on your longboarding man that's cool stuff oh. you do some great you do some great things that are not being done at yeah. many schools. I, I really admire that. Uh, but you know what? Like, like you said, man, that's hard work. You got to go out. You got to apply for grants. Tell us a little bit about the hard work behind all the success you're having. Well, I tell you, I was not the best student. Um, I'm just a self-taught guy. I, 
I'm self-taught woodworker, self-taught, you know, welder, um, self-taught, uh, equipment creator. Um, I just, I, I had to, you know, find ways to, to make it happen. And when I opened this school, we are at 67% free and reduced lunch. So we don't have any money and fundraising is not really an option. I know in elementary school, I was able to, you know, do t-shirt drives and I can make six, seven, you know, sometimes $2,000 selling t-shirts for different, you know, different events. Um, so I started just looking into grants and, uh, I went into the grant writing, you know, with a mindset of, they're going to say yes, or they're going to say no. And if I have that grant written, then I can take that grant and apply it to other grants. Um, so I started really looking spark, um, their grant finding tool was a great start. Uh, they, I think gotten rid of the, the page on the website, but, um, I downloaded tons of grants and just started kind of piddling with it. And, um, NFL had a grant. So, uh, the NFL plays 60 grand. I, I filled that out. It really was, it boiled down to following directions and I'm pretty good at following directions and looking at instructions, um, and, and just writing what they, what they want within the grant. Um, and then writing the reports afterwards. Uh, I mean, I've got, you know, 28 longboards. I got 30 mountain bikes. I've got a low ropes course. I just got a, a grant for 35 fly rods. So there'll be fly fishing next year. Um, nine hole disc golf course, rugby. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just the name of few. I've got, you know, just tons of money. We just got pickleball stuff from a grant. Uh, I got 12 quarts of pickleball here. So um, once it started rolling and I, and you, it's like, uh, seeing the dollar signs, once you see those dollar signs, you know, it's just no end. I mean, the, the money just starts flowing in and, um, I've helped people here at the school get grants. Um, you know, I've helped people outside, uh, physical education, other schools get grants, but it's just, you, you just gotta, the Google searches never ends. <laughs> you know, you just gotta search on. Sure. I mean, there's so many grants out there that, um, the, you know, and it doesn't have to be a, an education grant. Like I've gotten grants from foundations like uh, Clipper Petroleum Foundation, which they own BP gas stations. They've, they've even given me grants because it's towards education. So um, I've just been lucky. And, uh, you know, I sit down in the wintertime and that's when I do a lot of my writing because um, it's, <laughs> it's too cold to go outside. And I'm a, I'm a winter weather wuss. <laughs> so I, I, don't like, <laughs> I don't like the cold. So. Yeah. Uh, I stay inside and write on Saturday mornings and see what I can see when I knock out. Yeah. You really motivated me. Cause I'm thinking it's like, well, right now we share the gym with the middle school, which is crazy. I just want to tell you, but we're building a whole new high school. So they're going to be out of our gym. I'm looking to really build a climbing wall, Dave. Yeah. I can do it. Right. If I, if I got after those grants, give, give me some advice. Easy, easy way to go about that is go to your local Home Depot and tell them that it's 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 for okay. grants. So the only thing that you would have to get the grant for would be the handholds, because um, what I did with my at my old school, I had a 40 foot um, horizontal rock wall where I didn't have to belay anybody or anything like that. So it was 40 feet across the wall and the kids absolutely loved it. So. I got the high grade uh, plywood from Home Depot and they donated everything. And then my maintenance uh, crew at my at, at the county office, they um, did everything to mount it because they wanted it mounted the, the correct way. And I drilled all right. the holes myself and I got all the I just got I think I had one hundred and twenty handholds 
and I was able to move them around anywhere I wanted to, but that was the, that was the easiest way. And Home Depot, they paid for everything. So you can go to your local Home Depot or Lowe's and it's, it's no sweat off their back because it's only, you know, uh, what is that? 10, uh, sheets of plywood, really? I mean, that's, that's right. nothing. That's nothing. And we got one locally. We're in Greensboro, which is, it's kind of a small town, but it's in Lake Oconee. It's right on the lake. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I, I think, no, I think that's a perfect idea, man. I appreciate you, man. Enlighten me on that. And where did you get your um, ideas about uh, constructing your uh, walk, uh, your wall? I mean, did you you look at certain companies that actually did it? How do you how do you do that? Well, I, I kind of uh, yeah, I researched the panels that uh, certain rock companies were making, and and realistically, I just couldn't afford those, so. Um, I went with the highest grade lumber and, and some companies will do lumber, um, you know, plywood and they do the highest grade plywood. So it doesn't splinter. Uh, and then you just gotta, you gotta coat it with something. So I coated it with uh, chalk, uh, chalk paint so I could write stuff on it too. So then it was, it was durable. Yeah, yeah. It was durable. And then I could write on it, uh, different courses. So you could, you had to go, you know, follow the arrows across the board, which was really neat. And then I, I could put up little, uh, little puzzles or, or, um, you know, different things they had to solve uh, to get across the <laughs> math problems to get across the, the wall. Uh, and so that was, and they could spell words. I did words with the, with the little kids. They had to do sight words uh, and I would put letters next to each hold and they had to go to different holds to, to spell the sight word. So chalk, chalk paint worked the great, the greatest. Yeah, that, that's great advice. And, and my listeners will definitely, I mean, if you don't take that advice, I don't, I don't know what, um, but, that that's just, that's unbelievable, and I that's just kind of sparked my mind, right? My podcast is about just kind of sparking people's minds, yeah. kind of saying, "Hey, you know what? I didn't even think of that." Yeah. Um, so I know JD yesterday sparked my mind. Both of you guys together, man, uh, man, you really motivated me. You guys do a great job. Um, hey, tell me about your first job was at Nebo Elementary School. Nebo, uh, yes, sir. Nebo, um, I done my research on old day, but um, <laughs> what, what kind of? First of all, when you came out of college, you mentioned that, and I think you went to Kennesaw State. Is that that's correct? It. Go Owls! Man, that that's a PE. That's a PE factory, man. They're producing some that's some right. great teachers. Um, what did you know at that time? And then, what's the difference between now and then? I always look back when I first started. I know how much better I am now. What what have you learned since then? Oh my gosh. If I only, if I only knew everything <laughs> when I first started, um, my gym was not finished when I first started. So I had to come up with all kinds of different games, um, outside the gym. And I know a, a lot of places that I've visited to do workshops, they also don't have a gym. So I can relate, uh, to the fact that we're doing stuff on the blacktop or, or, uh, you know, creating, creating different skill games. But, um, I think, you know, the most, I guess the biggest thing I've learned over the years is, is classroom management and creating those relationships yeah. and not having to, not having to go coach on anybody. I mean, um, you know, there are some times where people just need some hard conversations and, and real conversations. Um, and I, you know, at the elementary level, I, I love the kids, but the relationships were more with, with the parents, you know, cause the kids, the kids really, I mean, fifth graders could, but many of them could not carry on a conversation. It was more about, you know, what, what flavor lollipop they were going to get at the gas station that day, you know, and they didn't, <laughs> and tie in their shoes and that type of thing. But 
um, you know, having different cues and, and learning ways to start and stop, you know, and an, an entire group were, was kind of the things that I learned very quickly in the first couple of years um, without using a whistle. I mean, I play music every day. I play music in middle school every single day, even, even outside most of the time. Um, I've got a stereo that we bring out and, and that's how we start and stop the, the kids. And they, they tend to be more active with music. And, um, since I, since I own a dance school, my wife and I own a dance school. We, we, I get to use the music that I was from the recital last year. She won't let me use the, the current music, but I, uh, she lets me use the last year's music. So I'll, I'll take music and mix it and, uh, find different songs out there that are, um, mashups that, the kids love and that tends to get them more more active than than anything um so i think classroom management was the biggest over the years i wish i would have um but again if i didn't develop it over the years it wouldn't have been an easy refinery you know um it would have been you know right there in my lap i know we talked about some things in college but you really just got to find your own niche uh, of what works for you and um you know I, i think that was that's probably the biggest thing over the years. Yeah. And that, that was actually my next question is I know with middle school kids and I, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, Dave, I seen some, some middle school teachers that I would not showcase anywhere. Uh, basically, you know, coaches that are there to coach and not to teach. And I see it way too often. Uh, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, what do you, what's your classroom management style? How can, cause I, I know you're really good. Cause I stole a lot of your ideas, even from the seminar. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's the key to that? Because I, I don't see, I don't see a lot of good classroom management when I go watch other schools, particularly at the middle schools. I know middle school kids are crazy, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Rituals and routines. It's gotta be the same thing. I mean, they're, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. So they've got to be doing the same thing every single day, uh, especially in transitions. So they come into my gym, they yeah. go right to a roll call spot because we have to take attendance and that's where we do our opening. And that's a three to five minute thing. Uh, and, and when I say go, you go, we're not going before that. You're going to listen to my three to five minutes. And I put every year beginning of the year, I put a timeline on the board and I show them, if you're going to waste a bunch of time at the beginning of class uh, getting from your backpack or whatever, and, and my kids don't dress out because I'm not going to fight that battle, um, but going straight to roll call is going to get you, is going to get you more playtime. So they always want the playtime. So then I show them, I'm going to get this beginning part and I'm going to get this end part. And that's your timeline. Everything in the middle is going to be yours unless we have to stop you for discipline problems or we have to stop you to reteach something. So, Beyond that, you're going to get a huge chunk of playtime and social time because you're going to be able to socialize with your friends when you're standing at a station or if you're, um, you know, ha- hanging out at, uh, you know, between games or something like that uh, if we're playing a tournament. So you're going to get to socialize with your friends during that time, too. And that's where they, they really want the socialized time. Um, but I have 100 percent participation every single day uh, unless there's, you know, a, a child that has a, an issue or, um, you know, some med- all right we're back yeah we're back hey that was like a uh kevin Furtado commercial break right there man <laughs> that's what i was thinking commercial break who, you know uh, who's our sponsor right now <laughs> <laughs> well you know hey what i tell you i mean what i, I love doing though speaking of sponsor i have a sponsor for my 
my basketball segment, Dr. Dish, but I really, I, I'm interviewing a lot of PE teachers, man. I, I just tell them, Hey, like I'm promoting JD's website. I, yeah. I want to promote your site. Yeah. Um, and just my, my job is to kind of promote you guys and try to share the great knowledge that you have. So, Hey, you're my sponsor. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like it. I like it. Uh, oh yeah. So we were talking about rituals and routines. I don't know how far we got. 100% participation is where you finished. Okay, so 100% participation. So I don't really don't have to fight uh, any, of the, any of the students um, with, with, you know, motivation. Uh, that, and I think it's because of the, the units that we do and, and refreshing those units very quickly. Um, in the fall, uh, we do mostly invasion games so that it's, it stays with the things that are happening in the real world and we can relate those. Uh, then when we get stuck in the wintertime, it's mostly net games. Um, and then outdoor pursuits is after net games. And that's why we're doing longboarding and mountain biking and disc golf so that they can go out into the community and, and do those things. We're, we're working on field trips, but that's just a logistical nightmare for us. Um, sure. Getting all that stuff to the, to the local park. And, uh, but we do have places that they can go locally. Um, and so, you know, back to the, the rituals and routines, I think that's the, that's the key is the, is, is having, you know, those things in place and, and sticking to your guns, you know, they, they're going to try to, they're going to try to do things here and let me go do this. And can I go, can I go see this teacher or can I go do that? And we're like, no, you're, this is physical education. And, and uh, we also go by uh, Mr. And Mrs. Uh, at the school too, because I have nothing against coach, but I'm coach right. when I, I am coach when I go coach cross country at the high school, which I do. And they all call me coach there. But when I'm at the at the school, I just that's one of my pet peeves is just call me Mr. Seneca because I have to you I have to learn your name um, and I'm not going to call you. Hey, you or blue shirt or <laughs> something like that. I got to I got to learn your name. So just just learn my name. And that's that's a mutual respect thing. And and uh, that's that's really worked over the years, too, because um, then we're kind of put on the same level as the academic teachers uh, within the school. And, and again, we do so much here that. Uh, a lot of the academic teachers are jealous. <laughs> so. Right. I, I, I'm, from what I see, Dave, you're doing more. JD and I talked about this yesterday. I, I think PE class, I think it's the best class. I, I think it's so underrated. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate, man. I, I think kids get more out of PE class than they do the academic environment. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Agree or disagree with that? I, what do you think? I totally agree. You know, there's a big push with the uh, social emotional, uh, you know, thing right now. And that's that's been in PE for for forever. We've always taught, you know, social and emotional uh, well-being because, you know, we all teach team building and working together and, you know, how to be a good team player and all of that stuff. So that's always a huge, you know, thing for, for physical education. Um, and, you know, we're just we're trying to. Uh, you know, promote that bigger and bigger. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little afraid of the technology uh, piece, which I know there's a place for it, but I just don't want to go to a technology, you know, where someone's teaching on a video camera and we're all, all the kids are watching that one person um, <laughs> teaching everybody, yeah. which I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think it'll ever happen, but it is kind of scary um, with all of this being able to Skype and all of that stuff. Uh, where you got one guy in the county office teaching PE and everybody else has <laughs> got a pair of pro in each school. <laughs> I can't even think about that. I know technology is yeah. big. I haven't included technology for, for this reason. Um, 
like if I wanted to do a project, I'm think I was thinking about doing part of my my dance with a projector and and so forth. But man, yeah. by the time I get it in and out, I'm wasting five. I'm wasting five minutes because my gym is small. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I agree. I don't use it. I agree. Um, hey, tell me about, I saw something, uh, I was looking at, matter of fact, I, I'm going to buy three or four of your books. I, I was, I was looking at uh, your website. Um, you said something interesting about invasion games and, um, that kids are just not doing that stuff. Uh, tell me about that. Well, uh, you know, I mean, gosh, we used to play flashlight tag and, you know, even the even games that you know during the day, just playing uh, capture the flag, like uh, someone's backyard tag games, or you know, the kids are just not doing that these days. And I know it's all cliche about video games and and all of that, but we're not creating games that um, are so, I guess, are, are attractive enough for the kids to go play and. You know everything coming out with with um, uh, injuries and you know kids can't do this and they can't do that because they're going to get hurt. Um, I mean they they have to learn how to avoid people and how to you know evade someone without without playing those uh, you know crazy games like dodgeball. I don't play any dodgeball at my school and there's no need to. So um, you know we're just trying to. Uh, create games that that build confidence within those mainstream invasion games, and I have no nothing against you know football and basketball, but some of those kids do not have confidence to be able to um, to to get into a, a space where they can receive the ball. They're just standing around watching everybody else be good at it, uh, and they haven't you know grown into their body yet. So we have to teach them you know, the skills now and those tactics and strategies, because when they get to high school, who knows, they might grow, you know, uh, six inches, you know, a foot and, and be able to join in some of those teams. And that's not, that's not the end goal. Uh, but we do want to encourage them to do something outside of physical education because we only have 45 minutes with them. So it's gotta be an extension, uh, within those games. And, and again, building that confidence, building those, those things um, that, you know, I call them tools. They get tools out of their toolbox to, to be able to do something outside of, of physical education. Maybe next week, maybe 10 years from now, maybe on a, I always tell them, you know, you don't want to go on a date somewhere and you, they want to go play tennis and you don't know how to play tennis. You're not going to have a second date. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. That's so true. And I, I tell you what I, I've learned from all you guys, and uh, I, I get a great chance to talk to a lot of great PE teachers, is that the old school of uh, basketball and kickball and things like that, where there's a lot of standing around, there's, um, there's not a lot of uh, skill development going on. Um, I just love the large game activity where, man, there's 100% activity. That I mean that that's what I'm about because yep. uh, I don't have a lot of time either. These kids don't get a lot of fitness in, um, and I value that. And that's what I've learned from both of you guys in your games. That man, you got to keep kids active. You got to get them moving. Um, but but there is still 
we still got to teach though. Right. Yeah. So how do you incorporate skill development and fun, act, active, you know, active games? Well, the skill, the skill comes through the game. Uh, so we, you know, let's go back to invasion games. There's uh, several invasion games that, you know, we, we teach, you know, the, the running part of the invasion game, how to, how to get open, how to uh, find ways to uh, get, you know, into the other team's space, you know, you're invading their space. So how are you going to get there? And you got to get there with speed and agility. And then, then we incorporate uh, ways of getting the equipment over there. So we're, we're passing and moving. Uh, the old give and go does not work as a, as a line drill. They are not going to do a line drill give and go. But if you teach them within a game activity, they're, they're going to do it all day long and they might have 500, 600 give and goes within a, a class period. Whereas if they're standing in line, you're teaching give and go. That's it's it's not good. They're not going to like it, and it's not going to work within those drill lines that, that you know the old school uh, type things. Um, and within net games, we just have lead up games that um, that uh, help them learn um, learn the ways of, of getting uh, the court awareness, how to get the equipment from you know their offensive side and then when it comes back to them defensively where should they stand and so i have a ton of games that i've created that that help them learn um those those court awareness type things without ever putting a racket in their hand because you know a lot of times you put a racket in their hand and you put a net up and the 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 games the tactics the rules go out the window the skills i mean it's just it's very frustrating um so we spend we spend a good good about a time on uh, lead up games uh, for for everything, just to so they learn those those skills before we ever get to the actual game, and then we can always refer back to them and say, hey, remember when you did this and that that invasion game, that lead up game, and you did really well, you know, try that here, try that in this game, and and that seems to work really well. That's a great idea. Hey, go back to your tagging games because. If anything, I, I'm I'm very I have a routine just like you do. Um, we play tag every day for for number one for, for one reason. My kids come in, we get them moving. I don't talk to them right at the beginning. I get them moving, yeah. uh, and and my kids love the tag game. When I don't play tag game, they're on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what I noticed though is that I noticed uh, even our middle school coaches they don't play tag. It's almost like it, it's 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 too too little for them uh, you know i'm saying man tag is great fitness and i can't sell them on it and i know you as a middle school coach you do it right all the time all the time i mean we, it's uh they even high schoolers will play tag i um i was doing uh for cross country uh we were trying to do on wednesdays we we're trying to do a game day where they would learn tag games and and it's it's camouflage fitness is what it is because we, it were is. A hard, we were having a hard time with uh, kids, you know, not putting forth the best effort on the, the speed work days. Uh, and it's the same thing for, for middle school. If you camouflage the fitness. They're actually, you know, uh, being they're not being forced to run. They're being forced to run. If you incorporate it into a game or if you make it a competition, they're going to go full out 100% the entire class period. And that's what we've had to do is, I mean, they're calling it, 
you know, I've heard gamification and, and that type of thing is, uh, and that's kind of what it is. You're just, you create a point value or you create a time period, make it a little bit of a competition, then they're, they're going to go nuts and they're going to love every second of it. And I've, you know, the first probably three, three weeks of school is all tag games. And then we sprinkle it in uh, throughout the year. And then our second semester, um, I have a totally different group of kids. So I kind of go back to tag games because it's a great team builder also. So it's, um, it works out. I, I love it. I, I love tag. I've always loved tag. Uh, and I even, you know, that's another thing I play with the kids too. So uh, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, tag. matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm ordering a bunch of those. I, my, my new field day this year, David is, um, star Wars. Um, uh, may the fun be with you, man. So, uh, I, I'm ordering all my lightsabers. Um, now you're quicker than me. I, I'm old, right? I'm old and slow, so I know you're you're pretty quick. I don't know if I can get in there and beat these kids, man. Um, hey, tell me about your design of, of uh, not only your units for, for your. Um, hey, Dave. All right, let's try this again. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Uh, but, hey, tell me about um, how you put together your units and your daily daily plans. All right, so units are, like I was saying earlier, the fall is basically all invasion games, team building, um, team building at the beginning, tag games, lead-up games to invasion games, and then uh, all invasion games, and they're back-to-back. And the reason we do that is so that we can um, continue or have a continuous flow and we can have a transfer of skills. So if a student didn't learn, uh, you know, what I said earlier, a give and go or some strategy within a within an invasion game, then they can uh, refine it later Uh, within each unit. I we have usually a skill evaluation before the unit starts. So we will divide. Um, all of the, the entire class into three different levels. And so each, each level will have a different daily plan. Um, you know, say we're in football and I have a ton of uh, football players. Well, those guys are, are level one and they're going to uh, jump into, you know, 2v1 or, you know, a lot of times they'll jump into flag football, the, you know, the second day uh, because they're ready to play. Uh, and then our, our yeah. second group, um, they have some skill and some knowledge, but they just haven't put two and two together yet. So we're trying to get them uh, to the next level. And, and by uh, the culminating event, which is usually the tournament, everybody to know what line of scrimmage is, what, you know, how to pull flags, how to catch the ball, you know, while moving. Because um, you'll be amazed at how many sixth graders I get every year that uh, really struggle throwing and catching. Um, and even kids I get from other schools in eighth grade struggle with throwing and catching. So then beyond that, we'll have the, the lowest group, which, uh, they're, they're, like I said, they're still struggling trying to catch a football and, um, you know, not knowing how to hold their hands. And, and so we wouldn't put those kids together with the highest level because that just, it doesn't make sense. And they're not going to get anything out of, uh, the unit itself. So, uh, like I said, each daily plan has, has three, three basic lesson plans. Um, and in years past, we've had three teachers. Uh, last year we had two, so we had to kind of go back and forth between the, 
the ones and the twos. And we feel like that really um, engages every student better because the ones, like I said, they're going to be into games and uh, they're going to get to play their, you know, each other five on five and small sided games to, to prove themselves and get the, get the, you know, the, I guess the arrogance out of the way. And um, it's, it's male and female. We've got tons of uh, females that are just phenomenal athletes. Um, so across the board, you know, it could be whatever, whatever unit we're doing. Um, they're all mixed together. We don't uh, segregate female and, and male there. Uh, we try to build up, build up everybody um, with whatever, what, whatever we're doing. Uh, so that, I, I feel that that was a huge, uh, made a huge impact on our program uh, because we were really struggling with figuring out, you know, why, why this, this little group over here is not, not playing, you know, very hard. And, and so we, we decided, I think it was year two to kind of d- divide them by skill. And that way they're, they're working to, um, to get to the next level. Uh, but also, if they're not trying very hard in the highest level, we can we can move them down. So that really keeps them engaged, because we you know we say, hey, well, we're gonna have to move you down to a level two or level three because, you know, you're really just not putting forth the greatest effort. So um, that I think that's has been the the key to to middle school for me. Uh, in elementary school, it was more like we let them choose their own group, and most of the time they would choose kind of their their baseball buddies or, you know, and that, that kind of worked out to be sort of the same skill levels. Um, but in middle school, no, that's not going <laughs> to, a lot of times going to happen. I mean, sometimes we let them choose their groups, but then they're choosing their boyfriends and girlfriends. And then that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that doesn't get them anywhere. And they're not, they're not performing at their highest level. Um, yeah. and that, yeah. and that goes for volleyball, badminton. Um, if we, if we see that the group itself does not really need to, grow into three groups then we will adjust it and have like a skill assessment um so for example lacrosse is huge in my area right now but not a lot of kids play at my school so the kids that are you know playing lacrosse we will give them hey well you're going to get 10 passes in a row and you move up to the next level and then at the next level you got to get 20 passes in a row and you'll move up to the to the game level when once you move up to game level you'll you know you'll see the teacher that's there and they will put you into a you know a 3v3 game or or something like that meanwhile the rest of the kids are still trying to get those you know 10 passes or 20 passes and it's nothing there's nothing against that because they're still working on skills they're still working on trying to catch and throw with the lacrosse stick which we all know you know that putting that implement that long that long handled implement in someone's hands it becomes you know sometimes three times as hard to catch um so sure that's kind of how we put it together and i think you know i i i wish that other schools would come you know observe um because I, even schools in my area uh, still seem to you know roll the ball out and basketball every day um and it's it's <laughs> it's sickening it's sickening yeah. but i don't know how to i don't know how to fix it because i know they do hire hire the coaches to fill those PE positions. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, to, what, what the solution is. Yeah. What a great idea though. I love that. Matter of fact, uh, you just sparked my interest. Um, and I think that what that does is you're trying, you're trying not only to meet, you're trying to meet the levels of all, all the there. kids. Isn't yeah. that what 
isn't that what we're trying to do? But I'm telling you, it, you're right. It's not being done because how many times do you see uh, middle school kids standing off to the side right. doing nothing while the superstars kids are are dominating the game? Yep. Um, so that's yeah, yeah. So that's perfect, man. That has to be that should be a requirement yeah, that's what I feel like. for yeah. all PE class. I feel, I feel it too. <laughs> You know, within the the level itself, like if we see a, a, a student that is um, kind of trying to skirt off to the side, uh, then we give them a wristband and they become a five point player. So then they're they're automatically engaged because everybody else wants to you know give them a whether if it's football or rugby or whatever they become the five point player and everybody else is worth one point. So it changes the whole dynamic of the game and uh, now everybody's you know trying to give them the ball. Uh, and it gets the other kids open. So it's really a, a, a neat thing. And then um, I love, I always have incorporated what I call the princess rule, which, you know, if a girl throws a, a touchdown or scores a touchdown, it's three points and everybody else is one point. So that automatically gets, you know, the female population totally engaged because they get more points. And it's not, you know, it's not a thing where we're, you know, degrading anyone or anything like that. It's It's just trying to get them, to realize that they have potential also. Um, and there's just not enough uh, high school sports for, for our female populations. Um, you know, and, I, and that, it's kind of disheartening. I've, I've noticed that some of the um, area high schools are started uh, flag football for, for the female populations. And I'm, I'm loving that because, right. uh, you know, some of my, my students would just, they would have a blast and, and I hope that that comes to my to my area in the near future because I think they would they would absolutely love it. And that just gives them an op- another opportunity to shine. Yeah, I love that. Why well, coach girls? So I'm kind of I'm kind of biased, and I tell you, I always promote. Um, I mean, there's no gender bias right. <laughs> in my my PE class, and I love how you do because I like to do the points as well. Uh, and man, you're right. The girls they get fired up, and the and the boys. The boys, you know, how guys are they? They take it. Okay, now we're going to really utilize that rule because they want to win, right? right. <laughs> so definitely utilize. So I, I love that. Um, hey, tell me about you. You focused on the. Uh, you worked on the Georgia uh, PE standards for the state, and tell me about the process of that and what goes into that. Well, the uh, the first process was was grueling. Um, I was on the standards writing team back in 2008 um, and crazy thing that was on the K one, two standards writing team. So um, don't, don't hold me. The, if the old K one, two standards are terrible, we were just trying to find <laughs> a way to put in some standards so that we had something to go by. Um, we, we did our best. Uh, we tried to look at other state standards and, and, um, you know, see what the best direction for us uh, was as a, as a team. Um, and then in 2018, they asked me to come back, but this time as a, as a middle school. Um, but, you know, starting from scratch was, like I said, was grueling. Um, just, we just didn't know where to go. And we tried to put out the best product that we had and look at um, everybody else's um, you know, not only their standard, but then their, their elements. And should we go with a, a bunch of, um, how to's, or should we just make it vague and let, let the, you know, the, the PE teacher kind of come up with what it, 
what it takes to, you know, to do something in, uh, like I always go back to invasion games cause it's just easy, but how do we, um, do we put in a bunch of elements, like I said, to, you know, this, you got to do it this, 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 and this way, but you know, we weren't writing a curriculum. We were writing, you know, the standard. So you have to meet the standard, but it's up to you to find ways to, to meet that right. standard. So, um, in 2018, we were, uh, called back to, I guess, revise the standards. Well, we looked at the middle school standards and we really felt like they need to be really revamped. So, um, we, we adopted a lot of the uh, national standards and what they had in the national standard and how um, putting together a, what a proficient thing looks like within a, you know, certain uh, area of, of teachings and, and then what um, not meeting the standard looks like. And I think that's what we were trying to do in 08, but it was just so overwhelming that, um, you know, it, we just got in over our heads and tried to just put out the best. I think we put out a good product, but I think the 2018 uh, product was even was even better. And I haven't really gone through the elementary standards um, just because I'm middle school now. So uh, I've looked at the fifth grade a little bit, but that's uh, that's it. Uh, but I think with the the middle school, I think we really put together a, a quality product this time because I think we were more uh, educated within the standards and and being able to use them for the past 10 years and kind of incorporate them uh, and knowing what, what was working and what wasn't working. And then getting back on the, the writing team for 18, it was, it was uh, very refreshing and uh, you know, especially getting in a room with uh, so many passionate physical education teachers, <laughs> our discussions were, uh, were heated to say the least sometimes, but that's just how you, that's just how you get uh, um, you know, things done. So, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great insight, Dave. And, and add on to that. Um, how can we do a better job? You know how I when I I love what you guys did, you, Pete and J.D. did um, at your clinic, man. We need more of those. I just want to tell you. And I, I don't know if enough PE teachers are going to that. Should we as the school districts and state associations, should we? Should we do a better job of, of teacher training, continuous teacher training and growth? Because, I, I mean, those things are great. And I know I study a lot, yeah. but not everybody's like me and so forth. Right. So um, how can we train our teachers better? Because particularly at the middle school level, how can we improve that? Uh, and I think it's, I don't know, in the, in the past, it was a situation where we had to have um, – our professional development hours. We were required to get a certain amount of hours. And I know there was nothing for me in my first five, six, even 10 years teaching, except for the state convention. Uh, and the state convention would only get you a certain amount of hours. And we had to have 10, I think it was, uh, back in the day. So I would find all kinds of right. other, I'd find all kinds of other things. I mean, I know I went to, um, you know, places for environmental, uh, you know, or experiential uh, education, like teaching outdoor ed or, um, you know, team building things. And I, I found those types of things to go to, which would help me in my profession, but it wasn't really physical education specific, uh, but I could still bring th stuff back uh, to, to my kids. Um, and, and it was hard to find, you know, things. And I know, uh, our, our local Reese's used to do, uh, 
you know, professional development here and there. But I think since they got rid of the professional development requirement that it's kind of gone downhill. And I think, you know, teachers have also kind of uh, found, found other things to do with, with, um, you know, our, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, kind of thought, uh, the economy going, you know, south, they had to find other, other jobs right. and, and that type of thing. And they couldn't afford uh, going conventions or workshops or that type of thing. So sure. Uh, I think I'm hoping that the state is going to start doing or helping with that type of thing. Just can't afford that. And, you know, we're also, as workshop people, you know, we're, we're providing a service. So you know, I hate to say, you know, getting, getting paid for it or whatever, or doing free services, uh, you know, either way. Um, but I know that going to, you know, even for myself, going to conventions and going to workshops gets me fired up. I mean, I'm ignited. All right. We're yeah, back. I, yeah. I love what you were saying about, um, you know, you went to Asheville, uh, to a conference. Yeah. yeah continue on with that. All right, Asheville was was unbelievable, but you know, Artie Kamai he brings in you know the best of the best. Sure. And I I think people not wanting to go to con- conventions is they I think they feel like they're not going to learn anything. Um, and I have been to some conventions that you know there was only a class or two that I really was interested in. Um, and so it really has to um, you know feed your soul when you go to the the convention. Uh, if the convention is going to be on um, you know, a lot of technology and you don't have the ability to do a lot of technology, then it's not, it's not going to be for you. So I think that's why we're, you know, Pete and and JD and myself are trying to, to really come together is, is provide that, that service of what is not being done, I guess, at other conventions. And that's, you know, we all have large numbers. We, we all need to get as many kids active as, as much as possible. And I always stick to the 80, 80 rule, 80% of the time they should be or 80% of the kids should be active 80% of the time and you're not going to get hundred percent. That's just, that's just impossible. Um, so I, I always try to stick to that rule. And I think that's what we're trying to do as a group, just to bring, you know, um, a lot of information, a, a lot of opportunities, uh, to people. And, and, um, I think that's what gets people excited again. And, uh, and when you're in the, you know, I guess the, the, the rut of doing the same thing over and over again, you, you don't, you don't get excited anymore. And I don't, I don't know how that is because I, I come to school just ready to go every single day. I love it. Yeah. And when you see the faces and all the kids, man, this love and PE uh, just through a simple little game, I, I would like to see some, you know, just have them add one or two of, of Dave cynical or JD uses games and just kind of decide it, see what happens, yeah. and you would you be they would be absolutely amazed, and I think they would get the bug. But you know we yeah. can't we can't control we can only control ourselves. Hey, my last question because I know you got to go. I know you're busy. Um, you're big into the dance, and I don't know if a lot of PE teachers are, but um, <laughs> tell us how how first of all why you love the aspect of dance and the value of it in your classes, and how can we incorporate it more. Well, I mean, uh, the, you know, there is the standard, so we have to meet that standard of dance. And I, I don't, I love, um, 
you're there, right? Just make sure you didn't get. Right. Yes. Um, I Gabby. loved uh, square dancing in in middle school and elementary school. I I remember it. Um, you know, it was it was fun. It was exciting. Uh, but when I got to teaching, I noticed that kids just don't want to touch. They don't. They're not going to hold <laughs> hands. They're not going to do si do. I mean, it's just. And so um, I started looking for ways to engage, especially the male population, because in my area it was, you know, not cool to dance or, or you know, um, it wasn't, you know, you, you, I don't, I don't really know what, why, uh, but I try to find ways to get the male population just a little bit excited about it. So I really started creating um, dances that were, less less threatening because i know the large group line dances um the kids that were good would get to the outsides and they would help out and uh the kids that didn't want to you know be in the front would go all the way to the back and then we ended up uh turning to see all of them in the back and that then it just embarrassed them more and and so I, i created smaller group type dances that that helped them and really made it more of a a team building activity uh, and they could build each other up rather than, you know, break each other down saying, Hey, you, you know, you, you're a terrible dancer and you can't do this and you can't do that. And you're going the wrong way. And, and so instead of, instead of those conversations happening, um, you know, when I created things, it was more like, Hey, let, let's work together. All right. Back. Are we back? Hello. things though that they were helping each other out rather than than breaking each other down um and so uh it just started one thing led to another and then i had you know tons of activities for dance and we do a you know a two-week unit sometimes on dance and and uh a culminating activity with creating their own dance and some of them are just you know they're just unbelievable how they how creative they can be and um, then we give them a choice of performing for everybody else. And if not, they don't have to, if they want to, they can. Um, and, and from that is, is a little more, uh, or I guess, I guess a little more or a little less left footed, too left footed, um, by the end of the unit. <laughs> and i tell you what I loved about it when I, uh, during the, your presentation was, um, and you mentioned this, not everybody's looking at you. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. If you're in a small group, you're and you choose your own group. You're focused on each other, and that's it. Uh, other people will look around, but you know, I try to, I try to do the. Uh, group line dances too. You know, we're not all looking at your small group, and uh, I think it really could help out. I, I love. That's one of my favorite. One of my favorite units and one of my favorite presentations is dance. I have, and, and people are just afraid, I think, of not having the resources to, to teach the dance. Um, but I like, you know, I do like your idea of, of projecting it because, you know, a lot of people, that's just one thing they're just sure. comfortable getting in front of a group and doing. Um, you know, and I just, 
everybody keeps telling me I need to put them on YouTube, but I just, I haven't had time. To do that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to tell you, first of all, thanks again for, for, for taking the time out. Cause I know you're a busy guy, man, but thanks for sharing, man. I mean, I know I appreciate it. Matter of fact, I, I'm already going to go into, to, uh, TPT man and buy some of your stuff. I saw some things I was looking at and you got more resources, Dave, man. You got tons of stuff. Tell us more about that. Tell us all about your, your resources and how, how these guys can get a hold of you. Well, I've only got teachers pay teachers. I'm working on a website. I just haven't had a chance to do that. Um, I've written two books. Both books are on teachers pay teachers, but you can also go to, if you want a hard copy, you can go to bookpatch.com and order the hard copy books. It's P.E. Palooza Volume 1 and P.E. Palooza Volume 2. Volume 1 is more for the uh, elementary, lower, middle, and then Volume 2 is is more for the upper middle uh, or upper elementary middle school kids. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that's on Teachers Pay Teachers are, are in both of those books. So um, you will have to pay some shipping and handling, but just search P.E. Palooza on bookpatch.com. Uh, within the the resources on teachers pay teachers uh you can scroll on the left hand side and and look at things like invasion games or dance or fitness uh and i have them categorized and you can you can find some some resources there if you'd like uh on teachers pay teachers i sure would greatly appreciate it and um if you have any questions you can reach me at pepalooza at comcat comcast.net uh, if you have questions if you want to ask me about anything um that we've talked about today uh i would sure help out and i appreciate kevin having me he's a great guy dave thank you so much man i'm gonna have all that on the um on the site and then um, i'm also gonna do a little uh uh do a little promo for you uh, on the podcast here so um and i appreciate everything you're doing for for me and all the all the pe teachers out there thank you so much all right appreciate it. all right thank you day. david all right yeah. All right. See you. Coaches and teachers, I hope you uh, love uh, David Senegal. I mean, the guy is great. And uh, I know we had some technical difficulties uh, on the podcast. I apologize. But uh, I'm telling you, if you don't get a lot out of this podcast, I'm um, please contact me. I'll be glad to share even more. David's so unbelievable. Hey, let me give you uh, his website and talk to you a little bit about, you can go to www.teacherspayteachers.com um, and store Pepalusa, and you can get his, all, his, all his information, all his resources, um, cooperative games, dance, field day, fielding games, fitness, individual games, invasion games, net games, posters, recess, target games, word wall, all that, and also... Dave wanted me to mention to you about his uh, workshops that he does. So if you're interested in bringing him to your school, uh, please contact him. Okay, all my information, all his information is uh, on the uh, website and also on the podcast link. Uh, so if you're interested, if you're interested in getting to all his information, go to www.teacherspayteachers.com slash store slash Pepalusa, and you will get all of Dave Senecal's resources. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast.